ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus our Lord. <clears throat> Turn into your Bibles to Romans as I want to continue to preach in your hearing by the grace of God praying to God as Father praying to God as Father pardon me, part three praying through the Bible message number 490 Romans chapter 8 verse 15 the Holy Bible reads for ye have not received the spirit of bondage <coughs> again to fear but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry Abba may I say as easily as the smile comes to Princess Kate's face prayer ought to come to a child of God when they pray to God as Father. <clears throat> Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, very quotable by the way, said true prayer does not depend either on the individual or the whole body of the faithful, but solely upon the knowledge that our Heavenly Father knows our needs and has the power to meet our needs and even our good desires for he is, and I'm adding this part, God Almighty. Shall we pray? Holy Father God in heaven we pray, Lord, tonight, I pray, Lord, tonight, and I do pray, Lord, that you would touch the hearts of this audience to pray for themselves and to pray for others. And not to listen to me pray. And Holy Father God, we thank you, I thank you, that you are not only our God, but our Father, <clears throat> which art in heaven. And Holy Father God, thank you for teaching me to pray based upon your Holy Word some 43 years ago when you taught me and you made this passage to jump off the page and convince me of the power of prayer. Ask and ye shall receive. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be open unto you. 
And Holy Father God, in the spirit of that powerful verse, we pray, Lord, tonight with great confidence in you. For Lord, I have seen you answer prayers over days and weeks and months and years. I've also seen you answer prayers in dire emergencies. I shall never forget the night that my daughter Danae and my son Daniel Ezekiel were in the car with me and we were in bad straits. Impossible, an impossible situation. And Lord, I prayed as it was nighttime for a divine miracle for we could have died on a darkened back road and those children saw you answer that prayer in such a miraculous way. I shall never forget it and I don't think they will ever forget it and I know that right now they're remembering it and probably and no doubt I know Danae is probably laughing a little bit with joy of how you delivered us that night. And it was a Saturday night, if I'm not mistaken. And Lord, I dare not even try to tell the story because nobody would believe it. But I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor, and I thank you for uh, hundreds of miracles like that for the ministry and for our family and for myself before the family years that you have performed in answer to simple prayer. And so Lord, help people to pray to you as Father, the Father who truly cares and uh, who can do something about it. And so Holy Father God, I praise you and thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. I praise you, Lord, and I thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word. And Holy Father God, I pray. And I thank you for the millions and many and manifold blessings you have bestowed upon us down through the years. Uh, many of them in answer to prayer. Some just by your love, mercy, and grace. And Holy Father God, in answer to prayer, I thank you for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us down through the years in spite of the devil, in spite of Judas's, in spite of Sanballat's and Tobias's. And Holy Father God, as those of us who are saved and born again by your grace, 
that you have established in the faith. We individually and hopefully collectively and even those who are not that established but they're saved. We confess our sins before your throne of grace. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our sins, our faults, and our failures, and even misspeaking. And uh, Lord, for Jesus Christ's sake, forgive us as we from our hearts, by your grace, forgive those who have sinned against us. Lord, help us to adopt your spirit, Lord Jesus Christ, when you said forgive them. God, for they know not what they do. And so, Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, uh, this evening that you would crush and crucify our flesh and the old man within us for those of us who are truly saved and born again, and fill us all afresh and anew with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty, Lord of your Holy Spirit. Put a God in our hearts, our minds, our tongues, our attitudes, and our temperaments that we would not sin against you in any way. For Lord, we do not want to offend our Heavenly Father who has been so good to us. And Holy Father God, if you would allow me to say, Lord, I marvel not only at your love, your mercy, and your grace, Please bear with me, but I marvel at your divine humility, how that you put up with and deal with your children who are far, far from perfect. I marvel at that. I marvel at how humble you are to take so much not only from your creatures and those who may not know you, but even those of us who have been saved by your grace. I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for that, and uh, we should not be surprised because your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, was the meekest man even above Moses who ever lived. And so, Holy Father, God, help us to be meek, help us to be humble, uh, but strong in faith. And so, Holy Father, God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, that you would deliver us throughout this evening, tonight, from temptation, evil, and sin. Grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, live right, think right, and do right. And do that which is pleasing in your sight. And Lord, I pray that for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. And uh, Holy Father God, I thank you, Lord, for delivering me on yesterday at a telephone company where I was tempted severely. 
like I haven't been tempted in many years. Even though I have been tempted, but not this hard. The devil came after me with a major temptation. And I thank you, Lord, for delivering me from it. And I pray that you would continue to deliver me from it. And, uh, uh, Lord, I pray that you would do the same for all of your servants. And, Holy Father God, I also pray <coughs> that, Lord, you would uh, help us all to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent and to get back to you, our first love. And Holy Father God, I pray for the salvation, Lord, of those who are religious but lost, and those who are irreligious but lost. And I include my wife in that prayer, and I include my mother in that prayer, and my two sisters in that prayer, and other family members. I also include her mother and her aunts in that prayer tonight. Help them to examine themselves if they even know what that means and see whether or not they be in the faith. For religion won't cut it and as uh, we all used to sing 99 and a half won't do. And so Holy Father God I do pray that your Holy Ghost would not give them rest Lord, help them not to die until they have truly believed in you and they're not depending on their religion or their work in the church uh, or what they did when they were 16 years old. Help them to lay aside their pride as you helped me to do. Uh, for there was probably no 19-year-old uh, more religious and steeped in religion as I was with a dad as a preacher and a mother as a preacher and I hated my dad uh, beyond measure as you know used to curse and swear that I would never be a preacher but had been in church all of my life and I was running away from it all but you ran me down by your grace uh, to do the work that you have called me to do over the past 43 years. I don't understand it all, but I'm convinced now you do call people still, like you called Jeremiah from the womb, to do a certain work. And so, Holy Father God, I thank you for saving my soul. I pray that you'll save all of these other religious souls, some of them who are mean as the devil, and that is not how they should be. Uh, and Lord, we pray for family members that way, friends that way. We pray for all other people who name the name of Christ who have family members who are religious but lost and have gotten caught up in uh, the false religions and faith of the past uh, 50, 60 years. And just because people 
uh, were in church, we believed that they were saved, and we got more trouble in the church now than ever before, and I believe more lost people, and you're the one who showed that to me, and you even changed my prayer, how I should pray for people. You let it be known to me in no uncertain way that everybody who is in church, every preacher who preaches, is not saved, not born again. And that was kind of hard for me to, to get, as you know, Lord, because you call me as an evangelist. And I know the simplicity of the gospel very well. And I uh, couldn't believe that that many people were lost, even in my own family. Religious, but lost. We pray for the irreligious, and Lord, we pray for the revival of your true Christians everywhere, your remnant, your 7,000, your faithful few who are still fighting the good fight. Some are in church online tonight trying to be faithful to their local churches, only about 10 of them, but these are your people, the faithful few. And uh, in many cases, the pastor is not even there. Uh, he's too busy for prayer. And so, Holy Father God, we pray. And we thank you for the folks who gather with us. <coughs> and Lord, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Heal those who are sick. Lord, in uh, all of our families, if they're willing to confess their sins and repent, if they're your children, if they're not, Lord, we pray for their salvation first and foremost. And Holy Father God, we pray that we pray for all people who are hurting, mourning, and grieving for various and sundry reasons draw them to yourself for salvation and Holy Father God on this Wednesday night on this uh, hot Wednesday night across the country and around the globe Lord I praise you and thank you for your judgment upon us and our evil and wicked ways I believe that this is another plague a heat plague that is uh, designed to uh, help the church to go ahead and confess her sins and repent and to lead the world uh, to you that they would do so as well for we have Lord sinned against you by disobeying your great commandment and your great commission and many many other ugly and ungodly sins uh, I know the weatherman and the politicians, the happy talk politicians, and the happy talk preachers want to act like this is nothing and it's just a part of life. But uh, this kind of heat for this long, I believe, is a plague from you because we have refused in the church and beyond to confess our sins and repent of our sins and mend our ways. And so, Lord, I thank you for it, uh, even though I'm suffering in it as well. Uh, Lord, thank you for reminding us that hell is going to be a billion times hotter than this. Uh, 
And if we can't take this, it would behoove us to make sure that we are saved and born again by believing in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Lord God in heaven, I pray for your saints. Lord, for those who are sincere, I pray that you would lift all of our burdens, cares, worries, and anxieties, troubles, problems, and fears from our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our spirits. We cast all of our cares upon you, for Lord, we know that you care for us. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you'll help us to truly confess our sins and repent and turn from our wicked ways and obey you and do right by you. And then in faith, Lord, we pray that you would deliver us from all of our distresses and our afflictions. Deliver us from all of our tribulations and troubles and trials and temptations and tests and tensions. And Holy Father God, Lord, rebuke and bind the devil and his demons and his hosts, Lord, from our excellent staff. Uh, the devil is mad at them. The devil has been mad at my family and our staff for many years. And he is seeking now harder than ever to destroy them. Uh, for it doesn't matter where we go, the devil, if we serve you and serve you well, the devil is going to fight against us and try to hinder us and knock us out of the race. So, Lord, place upon them and place upon us all the whole armor of God. Surround us with the band of your holy angels and the wall of your holy fire. And, Lord, forgive us of our wicked sins of not praying without ceasing and help us to pray without ceasing tonight. Deliver us, Holy Father God, from all of our spiritual and mental, physical and emotional, family and financial, uh, student loan debt, student progress problems. Miraculously and mercifully, we don't need that on us. Nobody does at this point, considering what has taken place and what is taking place. And Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would indeed, Lord, protect millions, remembering mercy in the midst of wrath, which you do all the time. For Lord, it should be worse than what it is. It could be worse than what it is. And Lord, help people to realize and to be thankful that you are not pouring it on as much as you can and protect millions, Lord. I pray to you from a housing crisis, a food crisis, a medical crisis, and a utilities crisis. For the truth is, Lord, without your grace and your mercy and your love and your space that you give us to repent, if people were in the street today, thousands in this country as thousands in Europe have died would be dead tonight. So thank you Lord for your mercy in the midst of chastisement, rebuke, and uh, punishment which we need 
and I thank you for it. And so, Holy Father God, I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, bless and protect my family tonight as a whole, bless and protect all other families that name the name of Christ, who believe in Christ across this country and around the globe, and we pray for even the lost people as well. Surround us all with your protection, a band of your holy angels and a wall of your holy fire. Place, Lord, upon us the whole armor of God and surround us with the band of your holy angels. Cover us and cleanse us through the precious blood of Christ and protect us, Lord, from the devil and the demons of hell and evil people in the family and evil people in the church and the world. Surround us, Lord, with your protection. And Lord, protect me uh, from uh, the persecutors who cannot stand what I preach uh, as I have been uh, uh, notified of possible attacks and so forth. I pray that you are thwart to every last one of them. Some have already been thwarted. We pray this same prayer for people who are being persecuted around the globe. And Lord uh, God, our Father, we know that you sit high and look low. And so thank you for bringing us through many dangerous toils and snares. And I pray that you'll continue to do so even tonight and in the near future. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for sake. Amen. Praying to God as Father. Believers in Jesus Christ are brought out from under a spirit of bondage and sin and fear through belief and faith in Jesus Christ. They receive the spirit of adoption and are brought into the family of Almighty God. And what a privilege that is. Grafted in, another passage says, by the grace of God. The Spirit that brings, capital S, the Holy Spirit, that brings Christians into the family of God is the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit gives Christians the right to call God their Father. Yes, even wicked Gentiles as we are, to call on God as Father in prayer. One of the greatest privileges you'll ever have in this world, if not the greatest after salvation, is to be able to pray to God Almighty and to go boldly to the throne of grace by His invitation and through His Son Jesus Christ and communicate with God. And uh, I agree with Dr. John R. Rice that prayer is basically asking and receiving. 
But sometimes, because we're in fellowship with God the Father through Jesus Christ, you can pray about things and ask for things, which is the bulk of it. But sometimes you can just share some things with God, and by doing so, He will lift some burdens and cares and worries and anxieties that you have on your heart, mind, soul, and spirit. God likes the fact that you're able to tell Him how you truly are feeling. He likes that you can tell the truth to Him about the situation instead of trying to cover it up like so many people do. You have a problem in your marriage? Tell God about it. He already knows about it. Tell him the truth as to how you feel about it. Give it to him. May I say to you, my beloved, one of the great privileges of prayer is, is not to be angry with God like some of my white brethren who think they have the... the uh, freedom to do, which I don't think they do, but they think they do. I don't know of any black people who get angry with God. Maybe there are some. I never have been angry with God. I got better sense than that. But, or to come to God angry about something. But I would, I would, I would submit to you tonight, my beloved, that prayer is the most wonderful, magnificent way of venting, if you understand what I'm saying. We like to vent to our friends and to our girlfriends for you women, our brethren for you men, and complain about our spouses and talk about our spouses behind our back to my mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I know what you mean child all that kind of stuff like that no no God does not want you doing that because number one you got some devils who will hear your venting about your husband and then take your husband or use your husband for what she wants to use him for because she knows everything about your marriage and how many times you all have had sex and don't and how you don't have sex and all of that. She'll take advantage of your information and go get your husband and, 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 and yeah, he's always going down to that gym and she'll be down there with some uh, spanks on because that's what you told her. And she knows that he's a good man and he has needs. Oh, I didn't know you were gonna be here, you liar. See don't do that. Don't 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 be stupid. Do not talk to other people behind your spouse's back about your spouse. Talk to God. Vent. To God Almighty because he already knows about the situation. Prayer gives you that opportunity. I recommend you do it. I didn't say complain but vent. 
and and talk to God about the devil you're married to. I mean, the person you're married to. Okay. That, that's that. That's how you keep your marriage together, because God knows all about it, and God will, while you are talking to Him, God will be telling you something. That's how God does in prayer. In case you don't know. You know how God answers your prayer sometimes? Not that he drops some money or some material thing out of the sky. He has never done that for me. Let me tell you something. When you pray and your prayers go up, God will begin to speak to your heart about what he wants you to do. To, if you will, allow me to help answer your own prayer. Oftentimes, he will have you to go to somebody who is the last person on earth that you want to go to. And he does that for a reason. To help you be more humble as he is. You, you told me you had a need. Okay, this person over here that you have a problem with uh, can provide your needs. So go talk with them. I want you to go do it. Go do it right now. Well, uh, Lord, I don't really want to go and talk to him. Well, I understand that, but, you know, I'm telling you what to do. In your prayer, while you're praying to him. See, this is why you don't like to pray to God. Okay, because God does not think like you think. God is not going to agree with you like your wicked girlfriend or your buddy. And listen to me. All people who agree with you on everything you say is wicked as the devil. Get away from them. You don't need people like that. Yes, men and yes, women. You hear me? Huh? You don't need a counselor who agrees with you. You don't need a pastor who agrees with you all the time. And by the way, let me tell you something about a good pastor. Here's how to know you have a God-blessed pastor. A, a, a pastor who's called by God. See, I, I thank God for... God called good pastors. They are extremely gifted and uh, they, they get the job done for the sheep. They can flat get it done when you have a God called good pastor. I have four God called good pastors who deliver. The first thing that you will notice about a God called good pastor, and everybody's going to agree with me if you're saved and you have dealt with a pastor. I'm not, I'm not mad at all pastors. I thank God for God called good pastors. I'm mad at about 90% of them who are not worth a flip, who are just in it for the money, and they see it as a profession, and they see it as a game of following uh, this joker and that joker who's not worth a flip. Contest, you know, trying to get as many people in the church as possible. Uh, you know, and people can do that. If you, but anyway, here's the, here's the here's the here's the clincher right here. When you come to him f with a problem, he can tell you what the problem is, and he can tell you the solution. Now, whether you do it or uh, not, that's between you and God. In other words, what I'm telling you is, if you have a God-called pastor, a good pastor, who is saved and filled with the Holy Ghost of God, 
you really don't have to explain that. I know I, I can see some of you nodding your heads right now. He, you really don't have to explain everything in the world to him for him to get down to the solution and resolve the issue. That's the, that's the main thing right there. You, if you don't have a pastor like that and you got to spend two hours and three days and five days to explain to him what is going on and what you need, I submit to you that you need to run as fast as you can because I don't know what you have. A, a God-called good pastor does not have time to spend three or four days trying to solve your problem when he has 400 members and a wife and children. So God has given him a divine discernment. You hear me well. In fact, in fact some pastors, they don't even have to talk to you. <laughs> and they're going to go ahead and meet your knee before you even come. They all look like God be telling them. God, God be telling them because they're in prayer every day. They're praying for the sheep. God be telling them what the sheep need because God already knows what you need, and God can use your pastor to help you with some things. Now, now, not everything. You don't need to come. Some of you people, you bother the pastor too much. You don't need. You don't need to do that. You can do something. You can pray too, can't you? That's what I'm trying to help you to do now. Okay? You can be a blessing to the pastor by praying for your own stuff and your own needs and your own family and take care of your stuff. Yourself. With God. <laughs> Amen. I know I'm right about it. I don't need your amen. I know I'm right about it. But a God-called pastor... A good pastor who is born again, saved, filled with the Holy Spirit of God will solve the problem if you want the problem solved. And see, and these pastors are not people who, they want you, they, they're needy. Because they're people, some pastors and pastors' wives, they want, they love it. They want you to come to them all the time with every little thing. That's why they don't tell you nothing. They don't know nothing. Excuse the bad English. So they don't tell you nothing. They just want you to come back to them and feed off of them because they are needy. A God-called pastor and a true pastor is not needy. He solves the problem if you want it solved and you will be satisfied if you're born again yourself and you're not a tear. And he can tell whether you're a tear or not. That's all free. That has nothing to do with this message. I'm just letting you know when you, got, when you have a true God called good pastor and everybody is, every pastor is not that way. They're a waste of time. <clears throat> they just have a position. And they will waste your time and their time sitting there talking about pontificating and talking about some, something close to nothing and want you to come back. Uh, I, let, let me help you. Let me help you. A God called pastor a good pastor who is saved and loves the Lord, loves the Lord and knows the Lord and prays, you won't need to come back. In fact, you may not have to visit him for another five or six years because he's going to solve the problem and you're going to be satisfied as a uh, little lamb. Anyway, that's all free. 
And so, ladies and gentlemen, my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, let me repeat in your hearing. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit gives Christians the right to call God their Father. In prayer, praying in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, believers are brought into the family of God and can refer to God as their father. Not only refer to God as their father, but that's a reality. That's real talk. And you don't feel like a stepchild. I've never felt like a, I'm a, I'm a wicked Gentile. I've never felt like a stepchild of God. Amen, lights. Never, never. And see, a true grandfather, a true father, who is a stepfather, a step-grandfather, my grandfather, not my natural grandfather, I didn't know him. And I, didn't, I don't care to know him. It don't bother me. That doesn't mean anything to me. It was Popsy, who was my grandfather. We were not related by blood. His mother was my great-grandmother, Fanny, who lived in the house dying. Back in the day, you know, the, the old folks died in, in, at the house. They, they, they were dying at the house, and they died at the house. I remember, I can see her f face and her body right now in my mind's eye. They loved me like I was their flesh and blood. I didn't know any difference. Huh? I never felt like a step-grandchild. God forbid that you make your children feel that way, who you have adopted, or somehow gotten. And thank God they never abused me. Thank God. I don't know what it feels like to be abused. So, you know, I know you want me to get off into that feeling, like, and because there's some of you people that you 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 feed off of that somehow. It's so bad. It was such a bad thing, I guess that you feed off of that and you, you go with that all throughout your life and you group together and all kinds of things go on with you people. And I wish it hadn't happened to you. But through Christ you can move on by the grace of God uh, and only through Christ. But I do know it's a bad situation. And I do know this that it will, it will impact your life if you don't tell the truth about it as soon as you possibly can and, and tell the truth and whatever needs to be done needs to be done. Whoever needs to be arrested needs to be arrested. Whoever needs to be uh, punished needs to be punished, whatever the case. But that needs to be done as soon as possible. You cannot allow something like that to happen at the age of nine and then you wait till you're 39. Your life is going to be warped and, 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 and you're going to join the club of these people who are dwelling on something terrible that happened in your past, which uh, if you get saved through Christ, uh, you don't need to be dwelling on that and God will help you with that.
I know it is such a bad situation that I've asked my wife, was she ever abused, sexually abused or whatever the case might be? She told me no. I've asked all of my children that. And it would be hard for me not to know that because they were with me for uh, most of their lives, but uh, these devils are slick today. And the reason why I have asked that, because evidently it does impact people's lives in a huge way. Oprah is still talking about her abuse. Tyler Perry is still talking about his abuse. Uh, Brother Gray, uh, forget his first name, he's still talking about uh, tasting the man's uh, penis in his mouth when he was a boy. John Gray, who thank God just got out of the hospital. So it must be a very bad thing to happen. And since by the grace of God I'm saved and, and, and God speaks to your heart, you, you know certain things that if something like that happens it can influence your life and impact your life for a long time to come. And I have noticed that these people group together. Somehow they sense that they have been abused. Oprah did a show where she found 60 men, 100 men I think, 50 to 100 men who had been abused. And by the way, you know why we have this explosion of homosexuals and lesbians? Because many of them have been abused, sexually abused by bishops, priests, as children, pastors, as children, nuns raping little girls and putting crucifixes in their vaginas. Oh, you don't want to hear about that. You don't want me to say it, huh? But that's what has happened. Okay, that's what's wrong in the church. You people don't want to talk about the truth until it becomes a big old bomb that explodes. Let's deal with it now. Oh, and if there ever was a time to deal with it, that time is now while we are being rebuked for it and chastised for it in the church. And so that has messed up the minds of many people. Money, and by the way, you, you can sue the Catholic Church, you can sue the Protestant Church, you can sue the Baptist Church. Money is not going to wipe that away. Just like money can't bring you happiness. How many of you had a lot of money before and, did, and you, you, you wonder why you were not happy? Because money cannot bring you happiness. And money cannot pay for that. They ought to have the money, I guess, if that's a form of punishment to the uh, abusers. But the money's not going to resolve that. Only the blood of Jesus can resolve that. But that's one of the reasons why we have an explosion of homosexuality in our society. Men don't know what they are. Why? Because they have been sexually abused by men who were supposed to be representing God. Women are turning into lesbians because they were raped by none and other women over them. Now may God help you if you're grown and you allow that to happen. 
because you're in a hunt for a mother figure or a father figure don't let that happen as a grown person because that's on you that's your choice see but you can pray whatever the case you can pray to God as father believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and get healing from whatever because God can heal anything and set you free and take away your fear by his grace by his might and by his power and I submit to you also that if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ in a real sense and you get saved that you will never be lonely again that's impossible you will only be lonely if you walk in the flesh and not walk in the spirit because the spirit is always with you I'm it's, it's okay to get a companion to marry before God and not be lonely in the bed at night okay but but you ought not to be getting married to replace God and to replace Jesus because when that person leaves you they will still be there and so believers are brought into the family of God and can refer to God as their father and themselves as his children and, uh, Dr. Matthew Henry said men may give a charter of adoption but it is God's prerogative when he adopts to give a spirit of adoption Amen. The nature of children. Now think back when you were a child, as much as you can, as far back as you can, guess what? You were totally dependent upon your parents. Well now as an adult, and you're not under the authority of your parents anymore, you're totally dependent upon the God who you can call Father by believing in Jesus Christ totally dependent like a child he even talked about that Jesus even talked about how, how that you need to come to the Lord as a child humble and meek as a child understanding that you cannot do it by yourself you need God as your father the spirit of adoption works in the children of God a filial love to God a dependence upon God as a father, a delight in him, see. And this will grow more if you commit your life to Christ and to God. This will grow over time, this filial love, this enjoying God, and enjoy, uh, this enjoying uh, talking to God is a beautiful thing. Now let me show you the real Christians in here. Uh, tonight. Raise your hand if when you get in the car you pray. Raise your hand. Those are the real Christians. Uh, by yourself. You just start praying. One of the best places to pray is in the car. You better pray. 
Unless one of those missiles cross that line, there ain't nothing holding them, them missiles from crossing that line and hitting you head on. You better thank God that has never happened to you. One of the best places you can pray is in the car. The saved, the truly saved people, that's what they, they, they know that. My whole family knows that when we get in the car together, first thing we do is pray. And sometimes I pray all the way to the destination. Not on purpose, it's just that the destination is not that far away. I don't care where we go. We're going to pray and once we get there, we're going to pass out gospel tracts. And a dependence upon him as father. A sanctified soul bears the image of God as the child bears the image of the father, the physical father, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Praying is here called crying. Get it? Crying. What did we do when we were babies and we couldn't talk? We cried. Huh? Which is not only an earnest, but a natural expression of desire. <clears throat> Children that cannot speak vent their desires by crying. Now the Spirit teaches us in prayer to come to God as Father. Not as a Father, but as Father. With a holy, humble, meek, quiet confidence emboldening the soul in that duty and that privilege. Now Abba is a Syriac word. Pastura is a Greek word. And why both? Abba, Father. Because Christ said so in prayer, Abba, Father. And we have received the Spirit of the Son, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. It denotes an affectionate, endearing importunity, a praying without ceasing, as the Bible says, a praying always, continuing instant in prayer, understanding somehow by the grace of God we are totally 100% in this wilderness world in which we live, dependent upon God Almighty. You better pray if you're a child of God and pray in that way and a believing stress laid upon the relation. Little children begging of their parents can say little but father, father, and that is rhetoric enough. And like I have told you, you don't have to pray as long as I do. You don't have to pray as uh, uh, Many times as I do, just a little talk with Jesus. It doesn't take much. I pray that way because God wants me to pray that way. Because I'm including not only myself, I'm including not only my family, I'm including you and the entire world. God wants me to pray that way. 
But you don't have to pray like I pray. You can pray a breath prayer and get through. You can pray a, a minute prayer. And don't forget the Lord's prayer or the disciples' prayer is 60 seconds. One of the things that God taught us and Jesus taught us is that a whole lot of good can be done in a short amount of time. It also denotes, my beloved, that the adoption is common both to Jews and Gentiles. The Jews call him Abba in their language. The Greeks may call him Pachua in their language, Apostia. For in Christ Jesus there is neither Greek nor Jew, my beloved. We're all the same, and God sees us as his children. Even though we were grafted in as Gentiles, even though we were adopted in as Gentiles, I guarantee you, once you get saved tonight, once you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will never feel like an adopted child or a grafted in child or a foster child. You will never get that feeling like you're not wanted. Okay? Now, now, let me just help you. Some, many black people, they, they get that feeling even though they, when they're around certain people. That feeling like they're really not wanted, they're really not welcome. And the people around them are not trying to make them feel that way. But they feel that way. Some try to go overboard to, to make you feel welcome. But I'm here to tell you that feeling that may be real or not, you'll never have it with God and Jesus. Never, 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 never. I can't explain it. When in fact we deserve hell itself. And we ought to be in the company with the devils and the demons. And God knows it and we know it. You will never feel like an outcast. He will in no ways cast you out. And so dear friend. In no way cast you out. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said. The most loving. Most. Magnificent and most important words in the history. Of the world. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So dear friends, if you're with us tonight and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your first prayer on this Wednesday needs to be what we call the sinner's prayer. First, please understand with me that you are a sinner, just as I am, just as the Pope is, just as the Dalai Lama is, 
just as even Joel Osteen is. We are all sinners, and we have all broken God's Ten Commandments by lying, by stealing, by lusting, by coveting other people's stuff and other people by dishonoring and disobeying our parents by dishonoring God by taking God's name in vain for the Bible says in Romans 3.23 for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God we're all guilty sinners before God Almighty no matter how pretty you are, no matter how much of a model you are, no matter how handsome you think you are, no matter how much money you have, no matter what kind of business you have, no matter what kind of education you have, we're all sinners on the same level, in the same boat. Second, dear friend, accept the fact that there is a penalty, there is a punishment for our sins. The Holy Bible states in Romans 6.23 for, for the wages of sin is death. We die because of our sin. We don't die because of cancer. We don't die because of a car crash. We don't die because of even the coronavirus. We die because of our sin. We are sinful by nature, and we are sinful by choice. And God wants you to understand that if he will allow you to die because you are a sinner, he will allow you to go to hell to pay for your sins if you do not believe in his son, Jesus Christ who died for your sins and paid for your sins with his own blood. So understand thirdly tonight that you need to accept the fact that you are on the road to hell right now as I speak. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than anybody in the Bible. Jesus Christ preached multiple sermons on hell. Not because he hates you, but because he loves you. He said in Matthew 18, 8, Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. So hell is a very real place. Hell is a sad place. Hell is a mad place. Hell is a bad place. Hell is bad news, my dear friend. That's the black drop in the backdrop of what I'm getting ready to tell you, the good news. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ says, you don't have to go to the hell you deserve. You can be saved from that hell. The hell where you will spend eternity if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Where the fire is not quenched. Ever. And it never ends. 
for Jesus Christ again said for God he gave you the uh, the most important words in the history of the world for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life believe in the Lord Jesus Christ dear friend as he has said Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says, and thou, you, shalt be saved. Over and over and over again in the Bible, the Bible tells you to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and believe his gospel, that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins to pay your sin debt. He was buried and rose on the third day. He sealed it for you and me. And all you have to do is believe in him. Church membership will not save you. Being in the church for umpteen years cannot save you. Getting baptized is not the way of salvation. It has nothing to do with salvation. Other than represent that you got saved. Speaking in tongues, running around the church, not wearing pants, none of that stuff has anything to do with your salvation simply believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now he will change you as time goes on once you believe in him, but let him do that. Don't you try to do it yourself. Salvation is a free gift. Accept the gift. Receive the free gift. For Romans 10, 9 and 13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shall be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, dear friend, believe in your heart in Jesus Christ. And let's call, uh, let me lead you in the sinner's prayer so that you can call on his name to save your soul. And he will do so. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a wicked sinner and that I have sinned against you. I've done evil in your sight repeatedly, many times, as you know. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of all of my sins. as I now believe in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul from the hell that I deserve. and save my soul to the heaven I don't deserve. Lord Jesus Christ, fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to change. Help me to truly repent of my sins 
Help me to turn from my evil ways. And help me to follow you in the new life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you just believed Pardon me. If you just believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, I declare to you that based upon the Word of God, the Holy Bible, you are now saved from hell and you are on your way to heaven. Welcome to the family of God. Congratulations on believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have done the most important thing in life. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ, please go to GospelLightSociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter through the door. For Jesus Christ said in John 10, 9, I am the door. By me if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. Until next time, my beloved, God loves you, we love you, and may God bless you real good is my prayer as we listen to that beautiful song as we close in prayer. I'll fly away. Holy Father God in heaven I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ thank you so much for what you have done in this service. Receive all glory to your name. Lift up your Holy Son the Lord Jesus Christ and help us who are saved to pray without ceasing to you Heavenly Father God as Father In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time.